Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Thank you so much for checking out the program this week. And man, we have a fun show so sit back relax grab a bite to eat a cup of coffee if you're listening in the car buckle up and uh enjoy but before we get to the lineup it was a very busy very fun weekend in the combat sports world first on friday we had bkfc's knuckle mania event and it was fantastic i really enjoyed it from the opening prelim to the main card opener between Taylor Jenkins and Carissa Sagala. I mean, that fight was ridiculous. Such a great fight. Just unreal. Just unbelievable what those two women did in there. Great performance from Dylan Kleckler. Just a nasty body shot knockout. I was super impressed with John Chalbeck's performance. What a prospect he's going to be in the BKFC world. We saw 47-year-old Haim Ghazali going out there and getting finishes, amongst many others. I mean, so many... Great things happened on Friday. Also, Chris Lieben, can't forget about him, goes out, ends his career with a first-round knockout win. Technically, he had multiple knockouts after a... It was just a Lieben-esque type fight, and there's just no other way for Chris Lieben to call it a career. So, hats off to him. Future endeavors. The guy, I mean, he's refereeing. There's a lot he can do. BKFC wants to bring him on kind of in, a, in an official capacity, maybe as a, some sort of executive ambassador role, and he deserves all of that stuff. So congratulations on a tremendous career for one Chris Lieben. And then we saw a tremendous title fight between Datwin and Johnny Bedford for the lightweight title. Datwin is the new champion. Tremendous back and forth battle, super close fight. I scored it for Datwin. They want to run that one back. They want to do it like five more times. I'm in on every single time. It was a tremendous fight. Kudos to both of those guys. And then the main event, of course, between Britton Hart and Paige Van Zandt. Big win for Britton Hart. Paige did pretty well in her first foray into the bare-knuckle world, but listen, it is what it is. She she did fine. That fifth round, she got much better. She got much more comfortable. She seems to enjoy it. She seems to find it very challenging, and she seems happy with it. I'm sure she's not happy with the loss, but sure she's thrilled to get back in and improve and maybe run that one back. But speaking of that fight, much more on that battle between Britton Hart and Paige Van Zandt coming up in a matter of moments. Hint, hint. So stay tuned for that. But Saturday, we had UFC Vegas 18. It was capped off by two 
Incredible finishes. One by Alexander Volkov. He knocked out Alistair Overeem in the second round. Big win for Drago. And how about Corey Sanhagen? Good Lord. What an unbelievable flying knee knockout of Frankie Edgar. Wild scene. It was pretty scary seeing Frankie go down like that. Just unbelievable performance for, for Corey Sanhagen. His next fight should be for the belt. There are some people who don't think that. I think you're all crazy if you don't think that. But that's just me. It's sports. We can all have our own opinions. And that's what makes sports awesome. That we can agree to disagree. But Corey Sanhagen, after that win, his next fight should be the winner of Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling for the Bantamweight title at UFC 259 on March 6th. No doubt in my mind. Nothing else should happen. I'm sure they'll probably do something crazy because that's what the UFC does from time to time in these situations. But Sanhagen deserves it. And sometimes when you say deserve, that word gets struck from our vocabularies very quickly. Also saw big wins for Clay Guida, Alexandre Pantoja, spoiled the debut of Manel Cape, Benil Dariush, great fight, big win over Diego Fajeda. He deserves a big fight next. Saw submission win for Demilo, Danilo Marquez. Demillo. Danilo Marquez, excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Submits Mike Rodriguez to open up the main card and much more. Our thoughts on that card, they're all over this network right now. You can check out the post-fight show. On to the next one, AK and myself. We did some matchmaking following that event. You can find that on the podcast network. We talked all things UFC Vegas 18. Of course, the UFC is back again this weekend, this Saturday, second pay-per-view of the year, UFC 258. The main event is for the UFC welterweight title. Kamara Usman defends against Gilbert Burns. This is the third time... This fight has been put together. It finally goes down this Saturday in Las Vegas. And this is an important fight. Obviously, it's an important fight because it's a title fight, and it's important for both guys involved. But this is a super important fight for the welterweight division. Why? Because let's be honest. And if you really look at the UFC and these divisions, if you look at who is in the top five or top six at 170 pounds, some of these huge names that are in this division already especially in like the top four or five then some of the other massive names that could fight at 170 when we're talking about the connors the nate diaz's so forth and so on this division has hit quicksand as far as intrigue and momentum since ufc 251 in july hasn't it i mean after kamara usman beat jorge mazadal and there was so much buzz heading into that fight this really and nothing that has happened at the top of 170 pounds, right? I mean, we had Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. That was a big fight. We saw Wonderboy Thompson versus Jeff Neal. That was a, a big fight, big-ish fight. We just saw Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny headline an event. That was a great fight as well. But when it comes to, like, the sizzle on the steak, eh, just really hasn't been there. And it's not their fault. It's just the way that it is. But... Now you look at where we are moving forward. Like Covington gets this big one over Woodley. He has done nothing since. I mean, he's tied to this fight with Mazadal. They're being linked together, but nothing as of right now is on the books yet. And these cards, even through April, we're even starting to get fight announcements for May. These cards are starting to fill up. We're hearing crickets. We're not hearing anything when it comes to that fight, which is unfortunate. We do have Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Shemaev coming up on March 13th. They've tried to make that fight twice already. It's fallen out the last two times. That's a big fight that hasn't happened yet as well. So it all starts on Saturday. The momentum could shift back a little bit because welterweight was super intriguing heading into 2020. Right now, this fight has to happen and probably has to be a pretty interesting and competitive fight. One that people are talking about because like I said, 
Welterweight needs a boost right now. It just really does. I mean, just think about Gilbert Burns. Coming like June of last year, July 1st. On July 1st, if you ask anybody who's the fighter of the year or who's going to be the fighter of the year, Gilbert Burns was the consensus pick for everybody. He was the favorite after those wins over Maya, over Tyron Woodley, getting ready to fight Usman for the title. I mean, good God, what a start he had to 2020, even even the end of 2019. And then Usman has just looked like a world beater. And people sort of give Usman crap about being a, a quote-unquote boring fighter. And I know the Mazdal fight wasn't the most entertaining and aesthetically pleasing title fight of all time, but it was a pretty dominant win. His fight with Colby Covington, it was an incredible fight. An absolutely incredible fight. It was one of the best title fights I've ever seen. And when he won the title, he dominated Tyron Woodley to become the champion. Absolutely dominated him. No one to that point ever had done that to Tyron Woodley. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. I really love this fight. It's super interesting, and it's one that is desperately needed at 170 pounds. So I'll get out my soapbox when it comes to the welterweight division. But co-main event, we'll see the return of Macy Barber, her first fight since the loss to Roxanne Mataferi, and recovering from that nasty knee injury. She fights Alexa Grasso. That's a fun fight, 125 pounds. It's sort of like the, the who's next kind of fight in that division, which has gotten really interesting over the last year or so. Kelvin Gastelum needs a win badly. He's lost his last three fights. He fights Ian Heinish, who looked phenomenal in his last fight, snapping his losing streak. That's a fun fight at 185. You get the rematch between Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera. Of course, Rivera won the first fight. They'll run it back. Fun fight. Listen, it's not the most star-studded card of all time, but there's some really good matchups here. And we'll be talking all things 258 throughout the week. So stick with us here at MMAfighting.com. All right. I have rambled long enough. I need a sip of a beverage before my throat goes dry. So let's get to the interviews. Let us run down the lineup, and we'll get to our first guest. Wrapping us up this week, and I really enjoyed this conversation, UFC strawweight Kay Hansen joins the program for the first time. She returns to action on March 20th. She will welcome Cheyenne Bays to the UFC. Really fun fight right there with two future contenders at 125 pounds. So you'll hear from the 21-year-old Kay Hansen to take us on home this week on the show. Also joining us for the first time, in fact, now that I actually like think about this in my head, every guest on the program this week is a first-timer, so that is fun. But anyways, Yuri Prohashka will make his What the Heck debut, of course. He was scheduled to fight Dominic Reyes in the main event of that February 27th card. Reyes suffered an injury. The fight has been postponed, and now that event will be headlined by Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Surreal Gan. But listen, everybody is super high on Yuri Prohashka. I get it. I'm super high on him, have been for a while. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Really smart guy. He gets it. And he believes this fight with Dominic Reyes will happen pretty soon, actually. So you'll hear that chat a little bit later on. Eddie Alvarez will join us, the former UFC and Bellator champ, now part of the One Championship family. He is back on April 7th, the promotion's debut on TNT. This is pretty big news. It's going to go down April 7th. Right after AEW Dynamite, he's going to take on the 14-1 Yuri Lapicus. That's a fun fight. Demetrius Johnson, of course, will be in the main event. He will challenge Adriano Marias for the Bantamweight title. But Eddie Alvarez back for the first time since August 2019. We will chat with the underground king who is on deck. But first, let us welcome in one of the big winners from this past weekend. A massive career moment. For Britain Hart, she defeated Paige Van Zandt in the main event of Knucklemania and then cut herself one incredible promo afterwards. In fact, she cut multiple great promos on Friday night. 
So let's let's hear from her right now. Britton Hart. All right. Well, this past weekend in this combat sports world, we had a lot of memorable moments. But uh, one of the big stars of the weekend, probably the biggest star of the weekend, in my opinion, is my guest at this time. She defeated Paige Van Zandt in the main event of BKFC's Knuckle Mania. Let us say hello to Britton Hart. Britton, I appreciate this very much. How are you? I am doing great, Mr. Heck. Thank you. Um, I just actually left the gym, so I'm still in this unreal state of mind if things are really as different as they seem. But I've just been loving this moment. And I mean, regardless of my face being all puffy and bruised, it's been a, it's definitely uh, been some crazy experiences. It feels like I'm living the dream. Yeah. How, how crazy has your life been since Friday night? I assume it's just been bananas since then. It absolutely has. Like I've been, I just started responding to people today saying, I'm sorry, it was out of control. Cause I really just didn't want to take away from the moment. You know, of course, Friday was the night. So I really needed to be with my team, my coaches and corner that were there for me. And then the people that came and traveled all the way to watch me fight in person, I wanted to make sure that I was with them. Um, so that kind of, you know, I haven't really got to reach out and, and tell the world really how I'm thinking, how I'm processing this. Um, and then I had to go to the doctor and I had like emergency dental, um, dental work. So I was in the dentist like all day Saturday, didn't get out till eight and I was exhausted. And then Sunday was flying back to California. So now here's my moment right now to just really process it and share to all you guys, like really how unreal of a moment this is. But then again, you know, it's like the common thing everyone is saying, you deserve this Britain and, and you're, and that's going back to that feeling, man, the feeling of like working hard and really working for something and believing you can do it and it happening. Like that is an insane feeling. So I'm definitely feeling it. There's just so much I have to ask you about Britain. First off, like heading into the fight. And I said this many times in the buildup. You were a fighter where the record didn't sort of accurately reflect the fighter that was going to get into that ring and fight Paige Van Zandt on Friday. You were a fighter that paid your dues along the way, and you seem to have learned a lot of lessons along the way that not a lot of fighters get the chance to do, especially like you did it so early in your career. Like, is that accurate? And if so, like how much did that early road that you traveled help put you in the position that you're in right now? Yeah. So the greatest quote ever to describe that is I failed my way to greatness. Like I literally have failed so many things and have so many life situations, ring situations. You know, I've traveled and gotten robbed. I've had decisions. I've had draws. I've taken hard fights on one week notice and I've always put on a hell of a show. Like everyone who sees me fight is like exactly what I think a lot of the world is going right now who is this girl? Like, who's this girl that comes in? Like, that's the common reaction. Like, who does she think she is? But it's been like that for years. And no matter what, even when I fell, like just barely, because I never really, you know, failed miserably, but I would fail just slightly, but I, it would be such a failure to where I learn from it and I grow from it. And now people think that, you know, they might say I'm a mediocre boxer, but you got to look who I was with and against. I went out of weight classes. I fought tough, hard people. I fought people with no notice. So I like just got off my couch and went and gave a hell of a fight. So it kind of just shows, you know, anybody can do anything at a given time. And I think that's why we really love sports and especially combat sports, because 
you just never know. And I know with Paige saying I was an easy opponent and when she said it sounded like an easy win for her and didn't even want to say my name, like that drove me to be like, like basically inside laugh. Cause I know the power I have. And I'm like, wow, you are not getting an easy fight with me. Like I'm the last person in the world. Anybody should say and think they're getting an easy fight. Did you say you you've traveled to fighting to different fight and you've gotten robbed? What happened? Yeah, so like a big one is in Texas. So in Dallas, Texas, uh, last February, you can look up the YouTube video. And I think it has like 15,000 views on it and like hundreds of comments. And every single comment is like, wow, that was highway robbery. Every <laughs> single comment. And it was I thought, I'm sorry. in Dallas. <laughs> I, 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 I forgot robbed can be used in different ways. I thought you meant like actually uh, like criminally robbed. Oh, yeah, But you may have been in the fight. Yeah, I got robbed in a fight, but I have gotten robbed criminally too. So I went up to Ohio for a fight and someone stole my card when I was in Columbus, Ohio. Could you imagine how stressful that was? For a fight, they stole my card and withdrew like all my money out of my account. And I was like, even calling Wells Fargo, like, you better stop this. And they were like, our, uh, we're sorry, our systems are temporary down. So it's funny you say that because I, I have actually had that happen to me oh too. Oh my God. <laughs> Sheesh, so this road is is bumpier than than any of us thought, probably. Yeah, that's why people, like, if you know me, you get it, because you're like, wow, that is something that Britain would just, like, I go through every single life situation at least once, like, good and bad. I have been through it and lived through it all, and people just don't realize and know about it, but it has been a ride, and I know a lot of people are like, man, if your life was a reality TV show, Everybody would be watching. <laughs> <laughs> They're watching now, that's for sure. Um, going back to when Paige signed with BKFC, obviously that surprised a lot of people because when she left the UFC, most people thought she would go to Bellator with her husband and continue her MMA career. When you found out that Paige was going to sign with BKFC, how did you react to that? I laugh. I thought it was good. I'm a company girl. Obviously I'm BKFC and I love representing that and saying that I was there in the beginning and I was a pioneer. So to kind of have Paige come in and, and not have even fought and for her to be like, you know, flashing that she's number one and for her to get the main event and be at the top. And, and now they're pushing her. I kind of wanted to, sh you know, show my message that I, I can do this too and be, you know, just as good as Paige Van said. So anyways, when she came over, I kind of was like, man, you know, I was happy for us as a good acquisition to the team, but it was also kind of like a, a driving inside factor. Like, Hey, I want to be as good as this girl. And if they're going to bring her in, I kind of want to show them that like, look, I, I, you had it all along what you were asking for. You had, but you just didn't notice it because I needed a platform like that to prove myself. And so, um, I thought it was good. A lot of people messaged me and they were like, um, you and Paige are going to fight. You and Paige are going to fight. And I even said it then. I said, trust me, they're not going to put me as her first fight because I would kill her. And they know I would beat her. Everybody knows that I would beat her. And that's why they didn't want to put me and make that fight. But when she stepped in the ring and said, sounds like an easy win for you. And she took, you know, when she came in on November 13th, she kind of just signed her death sentence with me at least. I thought the build to this fight was really interesting because Obviously, Paige comes with that big name, and BKFC obviously has a lot invested in her. But when you watch like the promotional packages and everything, it seemed to me, and I'm not sure if you're like a pro wrestling fan or not, 
but it looked like to me that you were positioned as like the baby face here. And Paige was kind of the heel in this situation. Like you were the underdog trying to take this giant step in your career, almost fighting for the purity of your sport. That's like kind of how it's, and, and that to me showed me that BKFC had your back in all of this. Like this wasn't the Paige Van Zandt show. This is the Paige and Britton Hart show, which had to make you feel even better about it. Did you sort of view it the same way? No, I absolutely did. And the thing is, is in my career, again, leading back to my box rec, so many people have taken advantage of me. So a lot of people were like, hey, Britain, you know, th this isn't going to be good for you. A lot of people didn't believe in me in that aspect. They're like, you know, they want Paige to win. Everyone wants Paige to win. And I kind of even looked at them and was like, I really don't see it that way. BKFC is making me feel like, like this is really my sport and I really belong. And they're giving me like this true Rocky story. Like I get to live out the female Rocky story through BKFC and they let me do that. So, you know, when people would say, Oh, they're setting you up with Paige," I'm like, I know they're giving me an opportunity. And I think that they made it very fair. I think in the road to, Van Sant, you know, we had equal showing time and we had equal positive points and equal negative points. And I think it really was a 50-50 fight in a lot of the viewers' eyes. Um, but people that really know me and like really train with me every day, they knew, you know, they didn't have 1% of doubt. And it kind of seemed like it with her too, that maybe she isn't really meant for BKFC because she kind of is already stuck in her ways like she she was late to some of the press conferences she was late um and didn't follow some of the rules on on what was expected as an athlete and i kind of thought that as being like kind of disrespectful to an organization you're trying to make a place for and, and come in and um you know i think that to be champion kind of it involves like the whole thing like bkfc being on time as an athlete making weight as an athlete like all those other things that come into it that she necessarily didn't do right off the jump either so i think you know, when you're looking for someone to represent your company, you should look for, for great things like that. Did some of that sort of stew into the way in itself? Because it was obviously memorable. It got a lot of attention. It got a lot of extra eyeballs on the product for sure. Like what happened there from your perspective? Like what was said, what was going on in your mind as, as all of this is unfolding between you and Paige at the weigh-in? Right. So it's a weigh in and, you know, we already had a press conference, which was pretty, you know, pretty basic, but the way in, you know, it's the day before the fight, everything's heated up. And I just wanted to, you know, I wasn't doing anything crazy. You know, I wasn't going to put my hand on her, or pull her hair or smack her. I just ran up on her like to get extremely close to her face to kind of set the message that this sport is going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to make you uncomfortable in it. But I wasn't going to touch her or anything like that. And I think that you've seen that very often at weigh-ins. How many weigh-ins have you seen people go like they're basically touching nose to nose? So I don't think that I was doing anything outlandish, but when she, you know, went to go put her hand on my neck, and my throat, I kind of just like, you know, that's, that's that fighter instinct in me again. I kind of was like, what the hell is she doing that for? Like, you know, I'm doing something normal coming up in your face for a weigh-in photo and you want to put your hands on me around my neck. Like, I don't know if she was like snapping or that was just the fear or something, something else going on. But, you know, obviously it came out in aggression and, and the fact that I, th I think it proved the message that she was thinking that she might've been above everything and that she makes the rules and that she's not having respect coming into a game where I know all the rules and know how to do it. So, you know, I just didn't think that was a smart move against a veteran.
Did you feel like her reaction to that whole thing? Did that boost your confidence at all? Cause like a lot of times, like, I don't know what happens when you get into those face-offs, but a lot of times fighters can see something and they feel something right away that like boosts their confidence. Like maybe there's like an unsurety or something like that. Did you, did you feel that way on Thursday night? Yeah, absolutely. It was a huge uncertainty. So, um, and I could break that apart, but I think if you watch the film, you know, if you see the picture, the picture looks like it almost looks like she's punking me down and more that she's the alpha, but I take it back when you look at it, you know, me setting, you know, I came up first, you know, I was close to her. She reacted. I feel like it was kind of out of fear. And then when she put her hands behind her back and kind of just stood there, I felt like, you know, uh, what did she said? She said, uh, she said, we'll, we'll fight tomorrow. And I'm like, but you put your hands on me first. So if you're going to tell me, calm down that we're going to fight tomorrow and play the good guy right now, when you put your hands on me first, you know, so that's kind of what it was, but the fact that she, how she said it and she was kind of looking down and was like, no, we'll fight tomorrow. I could see that she was kind of scared to break it down there on the stage, you know, and she left when we went out of the stage again, that shows like win or lose in the heat of the motion. I'm, I'm going to stay around and do my job. She left right after weigh-ins and like no one knew where she went, where I kind of stayed and, you know, finished my rounds and talking to people and staying with my team and making sure everything was good. So I just was in more of a calm atmosphere of being myself. So getting to Friday night, first of all, the first fight on the main card between Taylor Jenkins and Carissa Sagala, those two ladies beat the brakes off of each other. That was a crazy fight. And as somebody who was about to be in the main event at the end of the night, you're probably watching that like, oh my God, this is incredible. How much did that fight fire you up for later on that night? Oh, the whole thing. I was in the locker room yelling. Like, it hyped me up. I was screaming. I was like, oh, man. I was, like, critiquing the heck out. I was definitely Team Taylor. So I was, like, yelling and trying to coach Taylor from the locker room. But I was sitting there thinking, dude, I, for me, I already know what to do. I, I'm already good, been there, done that. But I'm, like, thinking Paige has got to be watching this thinking, holy hell. Like, I know what it is and it, it looks way worse than what it was, but you know, it was intimidating looking like even one of my corners who was, you know, his first bare knuckle event, he was like, Oh, that's going to be you in main event. And I'm like, Hell, I'm not getting cut up like that. I'm going to cut her up like that and move and get out of someone and cut angles and do some things. But you know, everyone has an opinion when they're watching on the outside in, but that was, I mean, it made me ready for it so much. And I'm sure it intimidated the hell out of her. I mean, who wouldn't, I'm just crazy and lack fear. So, but anybody else, that's pretty intimidating. Yeah. That was a wild fight. I don't know if it happened like before that fight or after, but you did a pre-fight interview with Brian Sosha in the back. And I mean, you were fired up. You were ready to go. You had that look in your eye. And then you dropped like a great line at the end. And you said something to the effect of fear is the pathway to the dark side. And I am the dark side. Like, what did that mean to you as you were thinking? I mean, cause he kind of put you on the spot, so I get it, but you dropped that line like so professionally. What did that all mean? Yes. I'm so glad you said that because I've been dying to tell people about it. Cause I'm like, man, I feel like that was like when people are like, when did you know you won? And I was like, I won the fight before the fight even started because I did drop that line. And it was in reference to her at the weigh-in cause she put her hand around my throat. So when I saw the picture, it kind of looked like Darth Vader to me, like, you know, putting up being like, ah, you know, Luke, I am your father. So we were just laughing it off. You know, they didn't make me out of my comfort zone. I wasn't like, everyone's like, Oh, Britain acted out of character and she's all mad and stuff like that. But, um, 
I wasn't trying to do that. So it was kind of me showing that I, you know, was aware of the situation and what she did and that I was still level-headed. Like I wasn't somebody that was shook up or, or riled up because she put her hands on me. So I kind of wanted to show that one, what you did, I know why you did it. And it was out of fear. So you didn't put your hands on me to be the alpha female or punk me down. You put your hands on me out of fear and that fear leads to the dark side. And meaning like, once you go back in this, like it's a different type of power. So I kind of said it as a straight direct message to her for her choking me and, and I am the dark side and welcome to it because I don't have any fear and anybody going to BKFC is going to have some fear in the beginning, which leads to suffering. There you go. So the fight begins and Paige is moving around a lot. There's a lot of that lateral movement in the first round. It was a pretty close round, but then you took over two, three, and four. It was all you. There's no doubt about it. I mean, she did hit you, but you were doing very well in the fight. And you mentioned her power in the aftermath. She hit you very hard. But outside of that, did anything else surprise you in there? You know, honestly, the whole fight was kind of a surprise. I was thinking that she was going to come in. Like, in all of training camp, I was thinking that she wanted a dirty box and that she was going to come in the clinch. So that's really what we trained for. Um, but I, when I first started out the fight, I remember round one, me really trying to do the whole, I'm going to hit you first because I try to stay true to my word. And I told her, you know, I'm going to touch you first tomorrow because she touched me first at the weigh-in. So I was really trying to execute that and make sure that I lived up to that. Um, but I don't really remember anything notable besides she was like run, not like she was circling. She was doing a lot of circling. I'm like, man, well, it's hard to set up your jab on someone that's circling i want to really practice and work on cutting off the ring at first and i think you see that in the first round i'm figuring out how to do that with a circular ring and then i caught her with a really good combination right at the end of round one like it was i think that that stole the round personally because i think the first couple of seconds was just really being shocked that she didn't want to engage and then once the second and third round came, I was really just, you know, super confident in everything that I got this and I got to stay to the game plan. Um, I think that when we were clinching and uh, I knew she was going to be really strong, I tried to prove that I was dominant in the clinch. So I remember whenever we got in the clinch, I could just think she's going to be training dirty boxing and I'm going to outwork her in dirty boxing. Like nobody can outwork me in dirty boxing, which is what you guys saw. But obviously it took a lot out of me. And when she did, like I, I actually got this new technique on how to block uppercuts and I'm super thankful for it because it, it helped block a lot of them that would have been probably devastating. But obviously this is the the sport and the, you know, her job is to hit me. So a few of them went through. So the few that broke through of my defense, when they landed, they really did hurt. And it was like, it was, it, it took a lot more out of me than I was expecting. So I, again, I think some people said that she turned it up in the fifth round. I watched the fifth round again, and I feel like, you know, yeah, she looked good because she was actually throwing and engaging now rather than circling out. But I think if you go back and look at all the exchanges, that if she hit me a good time, I hit her a good time after, and I never backed up. Where after every exchange with her, she backed up after I hit her and didn't keep going. So I really feel like I, that's what won me the fight. Cause when she hit me, I just dug down deep. And when I hit her, she was out. Like I would be interested in, for her to say how hard I hit because you know, she was backing up, but I stayed in there and, and she did hit hard. And, um, you know, again, the fifth round was like, man, I pulled that out with everything. That was everything else I had in me right in that, that round. How many times have you watched it since Friday? 
three. Three times. <laughs> three times, but three like pausing and rewinding times, like pause, rewind, pause. So, you know, essentially it was watching moments. So there's certain moments I've watched a thousand times. Like, you know, in the clinch, there's one clip in the clinch, the part where my mouthpiece comes out of my mouth. I've watched that clip like a thousand times. I watched this awesome uppercut I land on her a thousand times. But as far as the whole fight, I'm you know I'm sure I'll watch it a thousand times when I get everything caught up with my thank yous to everybody. Yeah, I mean it was pretty much unanimous all over social media that you had won the fight. And when it was over, you're standing there waiting for the decision to be read. I mean, were you feeling fully confident that your name would be called? Like I felt like you won the fight. There's no doubt about it. But I can understand as a fighter, it can be a little bit uneasy at times for you when you hand it over to three people that sometimes don't know what they're watching. Yeah, honestly, I was kind of devastated inside because everybody asked for the fight prediction and I said I was going to knock out Paige Van Sant in the third round. So in the third round, this is why it sucks and you should learn like sometimes as fighters, it's hard to make those expectations because when you don't do it, it, you can kind of take it hard. So when the third round came out and I went into the fourth round, there was a moment of, oh shit, like. I was really banking on not like I really believed in myself to knock her out in the third round. Like I, I got to get this and I was focusing on it a little bit harder than normal. Um, so I think that's also why I kind of tired and fatigued a little more because I was really focusing on the knockout. Um, so when the fight ended, I was just, that's all I could think of. I wasn't even thinking how great I did or all the awesome things I did. I was thinking, man, I didn't knock her out, like I said, and because I didn't knock her out, I'm probably not going to win because, you know, this is a story of my life. It's the classic story. Like I said, I failed my way to greatness. You know, I would put so much effort and work so hard and then something wouldn't go in my favor because, you know, life isn't fair or, you know, I got the short end of the stick or, or whatever it was. I was just kind of already prepared in my heart you know, that that was going to happen to me again. So when I found out I won the decision, I mean, that's why you see the reaction that you did because I was already thinking I didn't win. But if I watched the film, like walk, like talking to me right now, watching back the fight, I 100% won. Like, I feel like I won, honestly, almost every round in my heart. I mean, there was one maybe that was a little even, but I still think that I would have rather been me in all the rounds that there were. Um but anyways, when I got that feeling that I won by decision, it was, you know, of course, I overacted a little bit more than usual because it was a surprise to me, too, that people are actually, you know, living up to their word and being fair in their in their decisions and choice making. So let's talk about the post-fight interview. First of all, sure. you're enjoying this moment. It's the biggest win of your career. You're on cloud nine. And all of a sudden a woman comes into the ring and gets in your face and water's being poured and it gets a little out of hand. And as I'm watching, I'm like, who the hell is that? Because no one's on the broadcast telling us who it is. And it turns out it was Jenny Savage who got in there and you called her trash. So like, you're, I mean, you're, you're trying to enjoy this moment. What happened there? Like, did you and Jenny have like some sort of beef before this? Like what is going on in your mind as she's coming into the ring? Yeah. So honestly, I was just talking. I didn't even recognize her. Like I thought it was literally some random, like I, I'm joking, but I really did. I thought it was some random ass prostitute. I didn't even think that it was Jenny Savage. I was like, cause she was wearing like this tube top. Her makeup was out. It was ridiculous. And she's just spazzing out going off crazy. Like her hair was flying everywhere. And I'm like thinking it really took me a second to realize who it was. And then when I realized it was Jenny Savage, I was kind of like, Oh, psh. 
And that's why I poured the water on her because I was like, dude, you need to chill out because she's crazy. I commentated her fight, right? This is how it started. And she got Sheena Star with the really good overhands. It was awesome. So I went up to her after the fight and I said, hey, I said, your overhand is your best punch. Like, congratulations. And she just looks at me and goes, that's not my best punch. You haven't even seen my best punch yet. And I'm like, whoa, dude, I was trying to give you a compliment and say, you know, that you did good. Like, I don't know why you got to flip it around, but you know, your jab definitely ain't your best punch. So I don't know what's up with you right now. And she just stormed off. So I was like, wow. So then I find out on Facebook, she blocks me just randomly. I don't even talk about her because I really don't care about her at all. She's really honestly insignificant to anything in my life. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, I want the page fight. I want the page fight. And I'm like, well, why would you get the page fight? When you just fought Sheena Star and, and I, me and Paige have already been established. Paige came in the ring with me. You know, it didn't even need to be somebody that you try to take the limelight. It doesn't even make sense when Paige already said that she would fight me. So Jenny Savage just did what every other girl can do. It's, you know, part of bullying. She made up all these, like, rumors and said I was, like, on meth and that, I was, you know, I was drinking. And that the only reason why I'm big in BKFC is because I sleep with all the people there. You know, just, like crazy like super dumb but so original ideas from her to start any rumor that she can it was just uncalled for and, and really disrespectful but really showed me how you are on a mental level that you would just make up stuff and and say whatever you wanted to just start drama and start shit like stuff that has zero truth to it and uh, i hated that this girl did that to like for something that wasn't warranted and especially someone who dresses like that and behaves like that and you know you can see her coming up to the to the ring i don't think she's in any predicament to to throw stones when she lives in a glass house on what thing what she does with her personal stuff but regardless of that she came up and it was just like man like me and her fighting is like easy as crap for me but it shouldn't have been a moment or something that she should have even came in the ring it's the main event it's over you know, if she wanted to call me out she could have done it later i think it shows kind of how heartless and tasteless that that girl is but, I mean, I hope that I handled it right. And Fusion is an awesome sponsor, so I'm glad that they had water for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, you you obviously carried on in a great way because the speech after the fight has gotten a lot of buzz, Britain. Like, most notably, the part where you said that you're not a person, you're an effing feeling, and everyone's going to feel it. This thing took off, like, a wildfire since Friday night. Did you expect this thing to go viral the way that it has? No, I didn't. I'm kind of like in shock about it because I was really meaning it to be super mo like, I mean, that's the truth. And it's kind of funny because I've explained it to people before. And that's really the only right way to explain who I am as a fighter and as a person, because it's like, man, I'm a fighter, but I'm a mom, but I'm a friend, but I'm all these things. But the best thing to say is like, I'm a fucking feeling like it's a feeling when you go and hit the bag and you don't quit. It's a feeling when you go in and win and, and you know, knock your opponent down. It's a crazy feeling. But I'm also one of those people that you can walk into a weigh-in and I'll sit there, be talking to you and be like all positive and energetic. And people are like, who is it? You know, again, who is this girl? Um, but yeah, I had no idea. I think I've gotten a lot of love and hate on it, but I think it goes back to me saying like, this is the real Britain heart. And like, I don't care. Like people can try to steal that shine if they want, but I, you really can't take this from me. Cause I worked really hard. I worked really hard to show the world that I am a fighter and I'm a contender 
and that I am something that's here to stay forever and, and, and not just a name people forget about. Like, oh, remember that one girl who beat Paige, Hart, or Paige Van Sant? I wanted to be, man, that girl, when she went up there and did that, we were so excited jumping out of our seats. And when she was so happy and her team celebrated, like we had this awesome feeling that we want to do that too. And, um, you know, it came out a little crazy because, again, I just did bare knuckle, you know, went 10 minutes getting punched bare knuckle in the face. And obviously there's a lot of adrenaline stuff going on, but I definitely didn't have any idea that it would get attention like that, you know, especially being considered uh, the best post after fight speech ever is pretty crazy of a compliment. So I, I roll with it. I, I think it's very true and relevant. And I think kind of what the combative sports world needs. These t- you're making effing feeling t-shirts now, right? Like you have to capitalize on this and make those things will sell out in five seconds. Like, are we going to make shirts? I know. You know what? I need to reach out to MMA T company. I'm sure they will love this. So I'm going to tag them in this interview and go message them right after we get off the phone and be like, Hey, so I had a feeling <laughs> this shirt is going to be a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> it will be some, I, I think people are going to start bid, I think you're going to start a bidding war here, Britain. I'm not going to lie. This thing is, it's a, it's a no brainer. You're going to, it's going to sell in five seconds. Uh, well, I hope so. It's kind of crazy. So being Monday, that might be my really like on my list of things to do because it's just like, Oh man, I don't even know. Like it's just enjoying the moment while it's here. Like, what do I do now? Like I I'm in the gym training still. I want to fight. I want to keep going strong, but it's like, man, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I want to hang on to this moment and this feeling for as long as I can. And it gets a great one. It really is. So I'm just enjoying it now and celebrating with all the people who believed in me. Like I said, again, these, this was for the people who believed in me. So I'm celebrating with them. I'm not worried about being on social media, listening to people be mean about whatever cringy memes they want to make and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm enjoying it with the people that really care about me. And it's just going to be so great going what's next, you know, and I, I promise you, you guys have just seen a very small part of Britain Hart. Like I can do so many other things and great things. I'm on to great things. It doesn't stop just because of this. Yeah. You mentioned, and you talked about it earlier about you needed some emergency surgery on Saturday. You said in the post fight, your teeth were messed up after the fight. You said that she has hit you harder than anybody. And that includes guys that have hit you in the past, which was absolutely like gut wrenching to hear you say, but you know, after everything you're back home, how are you feeling now? Teeth? Okay. Everything else? Okay. Yeah. So I have them in, you know, they're splinted in. So it kind of looks like I have braces. So it's not the worst thing in the world. They'll be straighter than, you know, when I started. So that's a positive. So, uh, better teeth. So I'm good with that, but it is, you know, basically that's it. They're put in, they'll be in there for like a month and then we'll go from there and reassess if I need, um, the root canals and have an implant put in. But, you know, again, so this whole thing in camp has been about being a shark and shark week. And this is the ocean page man is going to be fish food. So, it's kind of why I was saying like being a shark, how they lose, you know, it's kind of embodying that feeling of losing teeth. So anyways, I'm sure they'll bounce back though. There you go. And uh, last thing, I, I appreciate you giving me so much time. Where do we go from here, Britton? Cause I mean, huge game changing moment for you. You go out and you beat Paige Van Zandt. I think she's probably going to want to rematch. I think that would do big business. I'm sure you've probably 
thought of that idea as well. I mean, there's obviously the Jenny Savage option. I don't know how much you would want that fight. There's some heat there, obviously. But, you know, what do you think? What do you think is like the best thing for you? Maybe a title? What are you thinking? I definitely am going for the title shot next. I really think, again, it's been vacant for so long. There's a lot of animosity and things going on in BKFC and a lot of argument on who's the best and um, who deserves to be that belt holder. So I know Christine is making her way back in. Um, and, you know, Jenny Savage is going to be, she's honestly, I think, a level underneath me and she should fight, you know, somebody else. But hey, honestly, it's an easy. You know, and again, Paige Vance will use it on me. So I'm not even going to say easy win, but it's going to be it's, it's going to be easy for me because I'm going to know that I she has that disrespect. So I'm going to want to punish her like incredibly much for disrespecting me and coming in my ring and spreading that rumor. So it's going to be kind of like me getting a beat up a bully. So I would love to beat up a bully no matter what, but I, I kind of want to do it. The next thing be as a title shot. So if she wants to fight, that's cool. Let's go ahead and, you know, talk is cheap, go put her money where her mouth is and, and say she'll fight for the title. That way I can get the title over her. Um, so I would definitely love that. So that fight makes sense if it's for the title. If not, you know, I, I want my chance to be at the, at the title and whoever I have to go through to that, I'm going to train my ass off for it. And Paige, you know, she said that she'll meet us again and it's a rematch. I mean, I think I clearly beat her. You know, everyone's saying four rounds, 100%. I'm honestly thinking every round I beat her, but if she wanted to do it again, again, I'm a company person and, and, and doing what's best. I really believe in teamwork no matter what. And I don't think it's just me, me, me. So I could have been, I could have done better to myself fighting page, but I didn't make excuses. Um, I don't have any excuses for what I did in the ring, but all I know is that I can fight better than what you guys saw on um, February 5th. Like I can fight better and I can be a better fighter. There's a lot of things that I picked up on that I know I can do and I wish I did. So that's just more exciting to me that if we did do the rematch, I could fix the problems I had fighting against Paige too that would have perhaps knocked her out. Britton, congratulations. Incredible night for you. It's it's great to see your hard work paying off. Now you have tons of great options ahead of you. Phenomenal performance. Go enjoy it. Smell those roses because you absolutely deserve it. Thank you so much for the time. Hopefully we can do this again down the road. Congratulations again. Awesome. I can't wait. And again, whew, what a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. How can you not be happy for her? I mean, again, that is someone who has paid her dues in combat sports, lost a lot of fights early in her career. She kept at it. She built confidence, her skill set improved, and now she is now one of the most talked about people in all of combat sports. It was just a great story. I'm happy she joined us in what she said her first like real interview since the big win, and uh, we're honored to be able to share that platform with her. She was tremendous. That was great. We move ahead to 
Our next guest, the underground king himself, Eddie Alvarez, makes his debut on the program. Yes, we talked a lot about fighting, but I learned a lot in this conversation, as you will hear in a matter of moments. Let's hear from him right now on What the Heck. All right, let us say hello to our next guest. Returns to action April 7th at 1 on TNT 1. Huge night for one championship. He'll be in the co-main event against Yuri Lapikus. Happy to have the former UFC lightweight champion, the underground king himself, Eddie Alvarez, on the program. How are you, sir? I'm excellent, brother. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It is great to have you here. A lot to discuss with you. First off, this new deal with TNT, April 7th, you're back in there. The event follows AEW Wrestling, which is pretty cool. And it's a, a pretty big deal for one in the United States. What did you think of this move and your thoughts on being able to compete on the very first event of this nature? Yeah, so like when I signed to it, one, this was this is what we discussed. Um, it's everything I envisioned. I wanted to want, I wanted to go to Asia and compete um, for my fans there. Um, they, they're kind of who got me started and got me well-known, uh, back in the dream tournament. And, um, so I wanted to compete for them, but, uh, the end game was always to come to the United States. Um, this is the, the beginning step, uh, primetime television on TNT to kind of give the fans a taste of like what one championship is about, what the production's like and the fighters, and um, I think once they kind of dip their toes in, they understand like the promotion and the level of uh, athletes that, that are going to fight. I think everyone will be all in here in the United States. Yeah. What do you think of it following the, the wrestling product? Because I, I was just talking with somebody in one before we hit record and, you know, being able to see guys like Chris Jericho still wrestling these days and hearing like Jim Ross's voice on wrestling television, leading right into guys like yourself, guys like Demetrius Johnson coming into fight, like the familiarity with not just with pro wrestling, but with MMA as well could be a really good thing for you guys. Yeah, it makes sense. The crossover just kind of, it just happened that way. MMA in general, like uh, across all worlds of MMA, there's tons of wrestling fans uh, and it goes back and forth. MMA fans are, are wrestling fans, wrestling fans are MMA fans. So like it makes for the perfect mix um, to, to move into, we'll get them warmed up with something that's um, somewhat semi-authentic and then we'll move them into something that's 100% real. <laughs> <laughs> who knows maybe maybe there could be a little crossover relationship maybe we see eddie alvarez in an aew ring someday uh if we're fighting for real i'll do it <laughs> okay. I, I can't i can't do choreographed stuff it's just not it's not my nature <laughs> fair enough so this is going to be your first fight since august 2019 nearly two years i believe this is the longest layoff of your career eddie obviously the pandemic going on shut down a lot of 2020 not much you can do about that but from a competitive standpoint, has this been, would you say like a welcome break from competition or has this been kind of frustrating and kind of rough? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I want to be active. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Um, just as an athlete, you get an itch, you get, I I'm on edge a little bit because um, I'm not used to having this much time off, but um, there's, there's pros and cons, man. Like I, I've been fighting 20 years. I've had, promoters breathing down my neck for a fight for 20 years so it's not bad to have a year where someone isn't um hey you're gonna fight this guy gonna fight that guy the the relief of pressure is good kind of helps you miss it um 
and then uh just gives you a chance to like have gratitude toward it like that you're lucky to get the fight sometimes you can you can grow bitter in this dangerous sport and um you know start to look at a lot of bad things because there's a lot of bad things involved but um you know it makes you miss it makes you understand you're lucky to be able to compete at a high level and um the time off is always a blessing like it, it happened this is the third time in my career where i had a stint over a year where i had to sit and and sit at ease and be patient and um you know i always come back rejuvenate it stronger with a stronger mind and a, and a better outlook on on fighting you mentioned kind of like the peaks and valleys of the sport like sometimes you're just all in you love it it's great you're you're, you're just feeling it all and then like you mentioned like at certain points gets a little rough gets a little frustrating the the ins and outs of the sport do you remember like the last time you felt that way like where things were kind of you know sort of on the downward spiral you had to sort of rejuvenate yourself and maybe find that love for it again um oh god so that i mean the last 20 years have been a culmination of that like uh i remember being undefeated 10 and 0 thinking that i don't want to fight anymore um the pressures of the sport like can get to someone like it can get to anyone um it can get to the guy who's undefeated smashing everyone it can get to the guy who's on a two three fight skid streak so uh understanding that like it's kind of all mind made and sometimes you need to step outside of yourself or, or, or just not compete for a little bit and, and rejuvenate. Um, that's, that's sort of the thing, just being aware of, you know, why you're feeling what you're feeling, you know what I mean? But, um, the, I, I used to think, Oh, I'm feeling this way. It's not normal. I should want to want to fight, but it's completely normal. The sport's fucking dangerous, man. It's not, uh, it's nothing to mess with. Like three years ago, I realized like I was at peace for a little bit. And then I realized I was scared for the past 13 years. So I don't, <laughs> um, I didn't realize until I felt peace that I was actually scared for about 13 years. So, um, it's, it's super highly emotional and it's normal to want to quit. It's normal, completely normal. I, I've, I've wanted to step outside and I'm like, what are you doing, man? This is part of who you are, you know? So it's a normal feeling. It doesn't mean you have to follow through with it. How freeing is it to have that peace now? Because I mean, listen, you've always been a, a fun and entertaining guy in the, in the cage speaking. You're always a, a pleasure to listen to, but now you're doing all these different things. You're diving into different things, giving people advice about investments and stocks and doing all this stuff. <laughs> like you just, you just look freer and in a much better place. Is that, is that accurate or am I maybe reaching here? No, hundred percent. And I need it to be, I have four, four children, you know, my wife forever. Um, and, uh, I'm just, I'm growing as a person as well as a martial artist, but like, uh, some things that were always important to you, some, they lose their importance and, and you gain new things that are important to you. So, um, I don't know. I think, I, I think over time you, you gain a better perspective of, of things. Sometimes you just have the wrong, wrong view or the wrong perspective and it doesn't, doesn't help you any, doesn't, don't help you any competing, doesn't help you any in living. So like, uh, for me, gaining a new perspective, sometimes stepping outside a fight and helps you gain a better perspective and helps you go about it in a, in a, in a better manner, like to where you can smile and not, not, uh, not be unhappy with it. What do you, what have you made of this sort of, uh, 
the peak and, and, and all the different news we've seen in the investment world, like this whole GameStop thing, like it just took the world by storm, man. I'm sure you were all over it and were paying attention to it. Did, uh, what did you think of that? And did you get to take advantage of that? Like, did you get in while the, the, the going was good, so to speak? No. So if anybody knows me, I don't get involved in that. So like the minute that began to happen, it became a casino, right? Like now, now you're, now you're playing with, you know, that that's the devil right there. Um, everything, everything that I bought, everything that I buy, I just try to accumulate good companies in bad times. Like people call me, they go, Ed, what, what do I do? I go, well, I have my, my core companies that I like to pick. And when they suffer bad times, I buy more of it and I'm just accumulating it over time. I'm not in a rush to get rich. I don't look as the stock market as this get rich quick scheme. Um, for me, it's about building that habit of grabbing a, as much of my money as possible that I earn and investing it and growing that habit. Um, it's not about trying to, trying to make all tons of money overnight. Um, so the GameStop thing was unique in that, um, you know, normally these hedge funds, they, they short, they short a foot, they short a, a company. And then they also pay for publicity to put bad things out on that company and they manipulate the stock and they always win. Most, they almost always win um, almost every time because they have the money to do so. But with the, um, with the grace of the internet, uh, small guys like me were able to band together on a forum and say, you know, let's fight back. Let's, let's use our numbers, our power and numbers to kind of fight back. And they went and bought the stock that was shorted and forced, forced these hedge funds to, 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 uh, to basically cover their shorts. And it was a big short squeeze. It was beautiful. And the stock went up, it flew up. And I actually got a call from a couple people, uh, two or three people. And I even, I have the text. I'd, I'd love to even show it, but I, I basically told them, look, as, as exciting as it is, as much as you want to jump in there, do not even touch that. That's not what we're about. That's not what we do. That's you're at the craps table there. And I said, if anything, I wouldn't buy it. I would short it. I'd say I'd short it because it was at like 300 and something dollars, which made no sense. <laughs> GameStop is a dying, it's a dying business. It made, made no sense at all that it's 300 and something dollars a share. So I said, if anything, I'd short the stock at that level. And what do you know? Like two days later, the stock was at like a hundred bucks. So I don't get involved in that. I just sit back, watch. It's good entertainment. Do you think we'll see more of this kind of thing? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, hell, that was cool. It was fun, fun to watch. And who, who doesn't like sticking it to the man? You know what I mean? When you, when you realize, oh man, as a collective group, we have some power. Let's use it. You know what I mean? Let's, let's use it. We're always getting beat down. We're always the one left. Uh, you know, when, when, after they short a stock, we're always the one left with the bill in our hands. So let's, let's hand the bill over to them. Let them pay one day. Go. So I, I am curious. I mean, I have you here. I might as well like pick your brain a little bit. Is getting started in that sort of thing? Like, because I won't lie, like I see the success people are having. Like I see some of the things that you put out there and I'm like, can I do this? Like, is this really a thing that like I could do and maybe make a couple of bucks on? Like, it's, it's just a matter of pulling the trigger on it, I guess. So do you suggest like ripping the bandaid off, sort of take the floaties off and dive right in? Like what's sort of the recommended conceptual step of, I want to try this to actually doing it. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it's not something that like, 
let's say you have five grand cash sitting aside or two grand or whatever you got sitting aside. One, you, you need to get your cash up a little bit, get, get a couple of dollars together. Um, two, I would never do it without a mentor. You know, I've, I've had a mentor. Uh, I've, I began getting mentored probably about a decade ago. I met Andy Sankin down in, down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, who, um, he was involved in a hedge fund and now trades his own money. And my, and my buddy, Ray, my good friend, Ray, them two kind of mentored me along this whole path that I've been on for the past decade and showed me what to buy, um, why they're buying it even more importantly, you know, um, when they sell things, when to enter, when to exit, it was a, decade long education and then reading my own books, um, as well. So, um, it's not something you should throw your money at if you don't have the financial IQ, right. Or else your money's dead money. So it's more important to kind of grow your, grow your, your education about it and then execute with your own dollars. Otherwise I would say you need a mentor. Like if you had a friend like myself and you said, Hey, how do I start doing this? What do I buy? Why do I buy it? When do I, when do I buy it? Um, all that stuff is important. I mentor like a small group of fighters who are my teammates and stuff. And we're just in a text thread together. And I tell them what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And then on top of that, like I get excited about it. I love talking about it. So I'll send them things, um, you know, like send them quotes, send them things about it. Just having a mentor really, really helps. It mitigates risk, stops all the mistakes. Cause I already made them. I made a ton of them and uh, it kind of gets you along the way with being able to, uh, to being able to uh, take care of the first rule of it, of it all, which is don't lose your fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a good rule right there which is also the second rule that's <laughs> probably like the first 12 rules man that's yeah. crazy uh well speaking of stocks rising i'm sure you would like your fighting stock to rise some more on april 7th against yuri lapicus looking to bounce back from his first fight uh, his last fight excuse me he lost the title fight to christian lee stopped in the first round what did you think of the matchup when it was presented to you and the opportunity to face a guy like like yuri who recently earned his way to a title fight yeah, so he was undefeated. Um, he, he's a hell of a fighter, like judo background. He, he trains with one of the best strikers in the world, um, uh, Giorgio Patrician, who, I, who I, I've looked up to my, my whole career. So um, he's in a great camp and he has all the chops to, to become a champion eventually. I just, um, you know, right now I, I have blinders on and I need to make, I have, I have history to make. And, um, he's in my way. So he's on my way to my title shot, which, which I feel, um, with a big win over him, a big impressive win over him. I should be able to get a title shot and then move on to make history. Yeah. That's I'm curious kind of following up on that because, you know, I've said this a million times, Eddie, I am not a fighter. It's just, I'm just a super curious guy and love talking to all of you men and women who do this because I won't, and I can't. So like when you've had the career that you've had, I mean, you, you fought the opponents that you have. You've been a champion. You've pretty much done everything. Do matchups themselves get you excited? Like, is this fight in particular with, with Yuri, does the opponent, whether it's him or anybody else, does that have anything to do with your excitement levels? Or is it more, hey, we have a date, we have a fight. 
I'll get in a fight. Fighting is fun. I want to be a champion. Like, do you know what I mean? Like what I'm glad to see you have like long-term motivation, but do like certain opponents get you fired up at this point in your career? Certain opponents could do that, but no, not, not at this point in my career. Um, like I think the event itself, the stage that you're on and the, and the attention behind it, like how the event is kind of driven is what kind of, I get, gets me, gets me up in this part of my career. Like, Primetime television, TNT here in America for the first time, one championship. Like I it title contentions, like uh if if I beat him impressive fashion, possibly this is a this is a title eliminate like title contention where I can move on, fight for title and uh you know make make history. So like for me, it's about kind of adding to my legacy being in big events that have some meaning behind it, not just fighting the fight. I feel like this is a big, large event that has a lot of meaning behind it. And, uh, there are the things I want to be involved in. I, I've fought just the fight a large period of my career, just cause that's what I thought I was supposed to do. But having some sort of meaning behind it is more, more important to me right now. Well said. You mentioned his training situation. Yours is is still top notch. You train with guys like Frankie Edgar, the Ricardo Almeidas, even getting in work with the Paul Felders of the world, even young hungry whippersnappers like uh like my man Sean Brady out there. So I, I even oh, yeah. saw you got to to work with Kamar Usman a little bit. So you know, having to stay focused and sharp is clearly not going to be an issue training with guys like that, right? No. Um super important to get in, get in with the best competition you could possibly get in, especially like staying, staying with, um, with these younger guys, because you kind of draw off their energy. I, I remember there was a time where I was as obsessive and crazy about this sport as that. And I, and I love to kind of evoke that in me again, you know what I mean? Where, um, you know, I, you wake up early, you go to bed late and like guys like Sean Brady do and just fucking completely obsessive about the sport or, go out, um, see Frankie do what he did over the long length of time he's done it or go see, um, go check out, uh, Kumar Usman, Kumar Usman, who friggin' is fighting for a world title again in about two weeks. Um, just drawing inspiration and energy from them is just like, it's important. It's something I continually have to do. And it keeps me evolving. It keeps me kind of, um, yeah, it keeps me evolving, keeps me going and keeps me inspired. How did you and Usman link up? I've trained, I've trained with um, Usman for forever since I, I moved to Florida for about three years back in 2014. And I met him there. We trained together in Florida there. And um, I'm just, I'm so proud of him because I've seen him from the very beginning kind of work his way, you know, with his just constantly workmanship diligence. He's like the, the epitome of it all, just hard work, diligence, discipline, and just kind of treating this sport as a professional as it's supposed to be treated. And he's done that. And his victories have been a byproduct of all that, like just him treating this like a professional and, and just being a hard worker. Yeah. That fight with Burns should be a lot of fun because Burns is similar, right? Like he's a guy that was in no rush. He built his way to, to this point. I think that's a fascinating fight between those two guys. Gilbert's my friend as well. I trained with him a ton in, um, in, in Florida. You know, we, we've all trained a bunch. I've trained with Usman, trained with Gilbert and 
Gilbert straightening with guys that we all know that, that, that Usman knows that we all know each other. So we're just honestly getting each other ready to be our best selves out there. And on the night of the fight, may the best man win. You know what I mean? So that fight's going down next weekend as we record this. You get back at it on April 7th, one on TNT one against a very tough guy. Did we lose? Oh, there he is. Sorry. No, it's all good, man. So April 7th, you're back in there. What can we expect from you, my friend? How do we, uh, how does this all play out? It's always high pace. We keep it as violent as possible. People, nobody, nobody on a, on a Eddie Alvarez fight is going to go grab popcorn. So from, from, from minute one to the end of the bell, I'm out there. I'm out there to execute, to eliminate my opponent and, um, and to move on to the next one. And, uh, it's no different, man. And I'm not the most violent man in this sport for no reason. There's a, there's a reason for it. So tune in it's DNT and it's April 7th. And you know, we're going to make a splash here in America. A couple more things, if you don't mind, sir. First off, we saw the announcement, the worldwide launch of the apprentice one championship edition is going down in June and it is a star studded cast. You are involved in this. This whole thing must've been right up your alley. Was it not? No, I, I actually, I don't believe I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't get on a show. Um, oh, really? Unless they're, unless they're still doing filming, but I was, uh, I was a little sad about that. Cause I, I feel like I would have won this whole thing easily if they would have let me on the show. I'm, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I mean, if that sounds, if that's, <laughs> I'm not being cocky. I just, I'm being really honest. Like this kind of thing I was, the same way I was bred for fighting. I mean, this show, I would have blew everyone out of the water. Uh, so man, what a missed, what a missed opportunity for them not to have me on there. Oh, uh, you have to be on the next season. Like, <laughs> like a lot of these fighters, like they were brought in as like mentors and like judges and people who like helped with the competitions, yeah. but throwing you in the mix with some of these other corporate executives trying to, to land their place, to have you up, to go, have you in there to, to go up against them. That's magic, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal with that was. Um, I was actually looking forward to that. I was seeing things about it, but no, I, I, I wasn't involved in the first show. Maybe, maybe the second, hopefully. Oh, all right. I thought, I know the initial press release, I'm pretty sure you were in it, but be that as it may, now we have something to look forward to for season two, but, uh, I did want to bring up one thing because one of the gentlemen that is on the show this season is Ben Askren and he's fighting Jake Paul on April 17th in a boxing match. I mm-hmm. thought, Honestly, that this was like a brilliant troll job by both of these guys, because Ben, I mean, I talked to Ben not long after he filmed when he was in Singapore, he just had this like massive hip surgery in September amongst other things. So I'm like, there's no way this guy's boxing anybody. <laughs> Turns out I was wrong. And here we are. Can I get your thoughts on this whole thing? Ben's a unique guy, man. There's no, uh, you do you don't know what to expect with Ben Aspen. And and that goes for him just as a person. That's how he wrestled. That's I mean, you can't run from yourself. That's the type of person he is. And like I, I just seen him today on Twitter. He said, In case you guys didn't notice, I don't give a shit what any of you guys think of me here. And I just like that's that's the key to happiness, right? Like he's he's figured it out already. And I think everybody else needs to figure it out. But he's doing his own thing. He's groovy Ben. You know, like, uh, as far as the, the fight with Jake Paul, I mean, it'll probably be the largest money fight of his career. So, um, anybody like Ben, who's 
spent their life in combat sports and given their life to like something really dangerous, I think they get a chance to reap the benefits of their name of their brand and everything afterwards by doing a, what they would see seemingly an easier competitive match than, than what the, what the majority of their career was. And I think that's how Ben sees it, you know, um, and actuality is, it, do I feel like Jake's a better boxer after seeing Jake over the past year or so kind of, how committed he is and what he's doing. Yeah. I do feel like he's a better boxer than Ben, but there's some intangibles that you really can't measure that have nothing to do with boxing. That's like Ben Askren. Like he's just a winner in general. The guy, the guy's been winning longer and knows how to win more than Jake Paul does. Um, so you can't disregard them kind of intangibles, you know, uh, Hodge trophy winner. Um, the list goes on and on NCAA uh, champion, like some of them things, you know, them intangibles, you just can't, you can't disregard them. So yes. Is Jake, do I feel like Jake's a better boxer? Yeah. Do I feel like Ben Askren's just a freaking winner altogether? Yeah. And I, I'm not going to disregard that. So I'm looking forward to the, to the spectacle. I'll, I'll be tuning in. Do you feel like Ben has the weight of the sport on his shoulders? Like, I, I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, but everyone's like, I saw someone post this and I, and I thought it was hilarious. They're like, dear Ben, Benjamin Askert, if you knock out Jake Paul, we will strike the Mazadal fight from your record. Like it never happened. Like something to that nature. I feel like that's how the MMA community is like viewing this fight. Like you're doing this for us. And if you win, they, great. They, it is because they know, they know the consequences of Ben getting beat. And it's going to be this, this guy, YouTuber, claiming that because he beat Ben Askren that he was right and he could beat any MMA guy. So like he's out there saying I'll beat these MMA guys up because they don't train boxing. And he's going to, he be, he gets a win over Ben. He's the kind of worst guy to lose to, right? He's going to be as loud as ever. <laughs> he's going to say, see, I told you guys. So, and it's like, Oh man, it's going to be a bitter pill to swallow for a lot of fighters in MMA and a lot of the fans in MMA if this guy figures out a way to win. So, yeah, um, it's yeah, I, I, I get that where you're going at with that. Well, listen, you'll be watching, but we'll be watching you April seventh back in the back in the action. Very excited for this. Hopefully, we see one another two or three fights this year for you. I know you want to stay active, but uh, I think we're all excited for this, Eddie. Thank you for the time. I have a million more questions I could ask you, but we'll have to save for another time. I've uh, learned a ton in this conversation, especially in the stock world. I appreciate that. All <laughs> the best to you for the rest of training camp and in the fight itself on TNT, man. Yeah, you got my number. If you if you want you want me to run you through that stuff, just you hit me up and we'll we'll get on a FaceTime together. I'll get I'll give you a, a 101 or some fundamentals on it. But it was nice talking to you, Mike, and uh, we'll chat again, brother. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning Bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. 
This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. There he is, Eddie Alvarez. Big thanks to One Championship for setting that up, and my apologies to One Championship as well, because when this is all put together, I just thought that, and I had done interviews in the past with, you know, fighters and, and personalities that One had set up, like Demetrius Johnson, like Brandon Vera, like Ben Askren, and I didn't really have a time limit. It was just like, hey, here's the time. You talk to him. This time was a little bit different. Uh, I didn't realize I had a time limit, but we did have one, and uh, there was so much more I did want to ask him about, but hopefully we can get Eddie Alvarez back on the show and do it again, but that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. As we move ahead to our next guest, what an impact this man made in his UFC debut last year coming over from Ryzen. Could be a massive 2021 for our next guest right here on What the Heck, Yuri Prohashka. All right, let us say hello to the number five ranked light heavyweight in the world today. He was scheduled to face Dominic Reyes in the main event of the UFC's February 27th card, but due to an injury to Reyes, that fight is now postponed, but still wanted to bring on the former Ryzen light heavyweight champ for a conversation. Yuri Prohashka is here. Yuri, how are you, man? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm great. It's great to have you here. So the reports came out last week that the fight with Dominic was being postponed. You actually tweeted it out yourself this past Saturday as we record. When did you know that Dom was hurt and that the fight was going to get postponed? Uh, I know that I think last week. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Before one week, they said us to Dominic is hurt and and the the fight will be postponed I mean it's uh as you know it's a crazy world we're living in these days not just you know with what you guys do for a living it's it's the fight game there's injuries and stuff happens all the time but now yeah. we have this pandemic to deal with too how did you react yeah. to the news were you kind of prepared for that because of how things are right now for me uh for me it was uh uh, I think for me it was. I think for me it's it's good. It's good for me because I have a lot of uh, injuries, the small injuries from from the preparing uh, too. So I am I am happy for for the for that time to be to be ready for the fight uh, too and. I'm I'm happy for that because now I have more time for the, to trying more uh, more things for the fight, and uh, now it's time to for me to to play with that, to 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 enjoy the time in preparing and yeah, not just hard work and uh, preparing the the. Uh, enjoying the fighting and enjoying the uh, the preparing for the this uh, Dominic. Yeah, I'm am curious how that conversation was because like I could see like the UFC calling you on the phone and being like, ah, oh, Dominic's hurt, the fight's being postponed, and you're like, ah, oh, man, this is terrible. And then you hang up the phone, and you're like, yes, this is great news. I get to heal up a little bit. Is that kind of how it was? No. Not like that, but uh, okay, okay. We have more time, so we have more time for for the for the preparing, and it's 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 good for me because the 
the coaches uh, knows. Uh, I was I was feeling a little a little bit tired, so much trainings, uh, and uh, that was uh, uh, so much so much for me this prepare, and I need I was needed uh, uh, to take uh, this prepare a little e easy e easy. And now it's time to do that. So I'm happy for that, and and uh, I wish the Dominic the best, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward for the fight. It is yeah. a yeah, it's a big fight when it does happen. Um, I do want to go back to July to your debut because there's a lot of people who saw you compete and go on that great run in Ryzen. So a lot of people knew what you were capable of when you stepped into the octagon. But there's a lot of other people who saw you for the very first time when you knocked out Volkan mm -hmm. Ozdemir at UFC 251. What was that night, that moment like for you, getting in the octagon, making your debut, and winning the way that you won? What is what? What is the worst? Or what you what you said? What was that night like for you? Uh, knocking out Volkan, the, the, the fight uh, yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is the night? night? Uh, uh, that was a great night. Yeah, that was a great night. And I just... Uh, uh, I just show my best in that, in that fight. I showed my best. And, uh, and uh, I'm happy for that. Uh, that's working. Everything's working. My team's working. Uh, the cooperation with my coaches. And... Uh, uh, I what I tried because I tried the new new step setups in the fight and it's it's worked it it was worked it worked so I'm happy for that Volkan I mean he fought for the belt before he's a dangerous guy nice stiff test right off the bat for you it was a crazy fight and in the second round that's when you really started to turn things up most of your fights here don't get out of the first round so I'm curious everyone was loving that performance but were you as thrilled with that performance as everybody else was uh no uh this perform the performance from the first round was uh, horrible it's it was uh there was a lot of new uh a lot of news uh news uh setups what i tried in in the first round and it's not it's not worked like uh, how i want that so uh so in the in the second round was better because uh because I need to change that for for the, my my old style and now I have the time to 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 uh how to say to connect that that style from the first round and the, the style from second round to make uh something uh, what will be work, working yeah. So those that so, yeah. So that first round, you were just kind of getting used to the new surroundings, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm working for the uh, with a briefing with the with the special briefing and and the, with the special feeling in the in the body. And the first round was uh, was so aggressive for me, and there was not. Uh, this aggressive was not f from was not so uh, on the
on the place, yeah. And uh, because I have a little, little, little stand like, like, uh, like Miss, I think a little, I think the inside stand, uh, like, like my opponent, like Volkan, and uh, I need to be more lighter not so heavy not so heavy punches i need to be more uh, easy and light movement yeah not so heavy heavy breathing and heavy steps uh, a lot of work before me is that something that you've been focusing on ahead of this to fight with dominic reyes yeah yeah sure yeah sure because that's that's uh what I'm talking about all the time and uh, that's one thing what I uh, what I want before the before the fight and in the fight and after fight I'm just want I just want the working on my style and uh, I think it will be work in in the fight what do you think of the matchup with Dominic? Because, he, you know, last he came into last year undefeated, fought John Jones for the title, lost a super close decision, a fight that a lot of people thought he won, and then he fights John Bohovich yeah. and gets finished in that fight. How do you like this matchup with Dominic, especially with him on a losing streak, unfamiliar territory, and his back's kind of against the wall here? Yeah, uh, I think I don't I don't take it like like that because uh, I think uh, the the fight with John Jones with was from him it was incredible incredible performance and uh, and I take him I take him like uh, like a champion yeah like uh, like uh, one of the best guy in in our division so. In my meaning, is uh, nothing bad, no, nothing um, bad uh, for the Dominic. So, so I'm very uh, careful with that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I meant by that was just because he's lost two in a row and this division is so interesting right now, yeah. uh, it's yeah. hard to take a step the, back. Yeah. Did you think he beat John Jones? I think not not 100% but but uh, maybe yeah I think uh, his performance was uh, uh, how to say uh, his performance was uh, better than 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 John Jones but the John Jones was the champion and and if you want to be the champion, you need to knock him down, knock him, knock him. Yeah. So that's that's the problem. Not for the, for the, not leave it for for the referees. Yeah. 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 A lot of people question the judges pretty much that entire night. Yeah, <laughs> especially with with John Jones. Yeah, he's the the master for the points. <laughs> I agree. Has um has the UFC given any sort of timeline for when they might reschedule this fight? Like, if you were to guess, do you think maybe April, it's maybe longer? March. I think they 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 tried to reschedule. Uh, I think too. They said us five six weeks 
five six weeks we will see uh, what's the what will be the the free uh, the free date date and uh, and we we will call you what do you think march end of march maybe yeah i think i think in march okay yeah pay-per-view right one of those two cards on pay-per-view uh what well maybe the 27th that uh i don't know i don't know yet okay i don't know yet i can't i can't tell you okay fair enough i i I just kind of see it if you had like kind of a guess but um we we mentioned jan blahovich getting ready to defend his title for the first time he's fighting israel adesanya who's coming up from the middleweight division and it's interesting because this is obviously a big fight when you have a guy like israel But there's fresh contenders in this division. You got guys like yourself, guys like Glover Teixeira, who, you I mean, you can make arguments that you guys could fight for the belt right now. When you saw that Adesanya was getting the title fight in your division, what did you think of that? I think I think it's nothing <laughs> because because Adesanya, like I said in many interviews before, uh, Adesanya is the champion, and uh, I think the champion can fight with uh, another champion, yeah? And that's, uh, I think that's uh, normal. I think that's normal and I want to see that fight. I'm very, I'm very, if I have to say, I want to, I, I want to see that. Who do you think wins? Who? I like the easy style, easy style, but I think the, the Yannick will win. The Polish power comes through? Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah. I think so many people are sleeping on Jan Blachowicz, like, and they do all the time. Yeah. They always kind of like overlook him, especially yeah. in this fight. There aren't a lot of people giving him much of a chance. Yeah, it's crazy. The people people don't 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 give the chance for Blachowicz. Yeah, it's crazy. They're just like they think Israel Israel's just gonna run right through him. I don't I don't think it's gonna be like that at all. I think it's gonna be a, a really competitive fight. Yeah, I, I think too. I think the same. Like we mentioned earlier, we're in this bizarre, crazy world where anything can happen. And March 6th is a long time away, even right now. So if the UFC called you right now and said, hey, Yuri, I know you're trying to heal up. We got this fight with Dominic Reyes in the, in the, in the works for you. What if you, what if you could be the, the backup for the title fight? Would you be down for that? With what? With what? With the title fight? If they they brought you in as like the backup, like you're the backup guy. So if something happens between either Bohovic or Adesanya, and they can't go, you get slotted in. <laughs> Would you be in for that? Yeah, sure, sure. But I think uh, before the title, I'm enjoying every fight. Now I'm now I'm in the UFC, and I I want to. I want to enjoy every fight. I want to grow up with every fight, and uh, I like the I like this uh, I like this step up uh, with step by step. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's a, it's a great. This is the great moment in my life, and I like that. So I think uh, for the title. If they will call me for the title, yes, I will. I will take it. But now I want to fight with Dominic, and after Dominic, 
after Dominic. I, I want to be focused for the fight with Dominic now, not for another fight. Doesn't matter. Now, any, anything is for me uh, important more than this fight. Yeah. So, so you're in, you're just enjoying the ride. You're in no hurry. You just you're enjoying yeah. it, and it's it's refreshing to hear yeah. that because a lot of fighters are just like, I want to get right to the title, and you're just like, what's the yeah. rush? I want I want I want to go I want to go to the fight uh, to the. Um, to the title directly too, but I want to enjoy the every opponent was the was the before me. Yeah, I want to prepare for every opponent uh, very precisely, and uh, and uh, yeah. I'm because, sure. Oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I'm I'm still I'm still working on my style, and uh, I'm still growing. Yeah, and uh, I'm I want to make my my myself my style my mind uh, fight IQ in the fight uh, better and better with with every fight, and yeah, and I li- I liked it, and I'm now. Now I'm in UFC. I ha- I had uh, the w- first fight after me, and uh, now I'm starting to enjoy that all all these things, and uh, that's that's what what I what I dream about uh, all my career to be there right like here and now, and. Uh, to feel to feel uh, to feel great to feel powerful to feel uh, yes just like that do you feel like you learned more in the Volkan Ozdemir fight than any other fight in your yeah. career because you you seem like you're in such a like a different place than you were at any other point in your career like obviously you're a, a dangerous fighter very talented but I feel like you you grew so much from that fight. Is is that accurate? Yeah, because uh, if you don't uh, learn from from your loses from the from the fight, there is the there is the one way you you need to you need to, <laughs> you need to learn from your winning fights, or you will lose, and that will be the the. The right chance for for your for your learning to, to be better, and I'm trying to to learn from from the winning fights, from the win fights, yeah, and uh, that's what I'm what I do now. Two last things before we let you go. I know you got some stuff to do, but uh, first off, it is February, and like you said, if if the phone rings, you're in. But you're in no rush at this point to get to the title, and a lot can happen before the end of the year. So, by the end of 2021, do you think you will have fought for, or you will be the UFC light heavyweight champion? <laughs> I can't imagine that. So I think, yeah, why not? There you go. Why not? It's incredible, incredible way, and I like that. <laughs> and then uh, uh i'm gonna do this last thing april 17th all right you're sitting at home you want to watch some fights on television you want to sit back and chill out what are you watching are you watching robert whitaker versus paulo costa the ufc fight or are you watching the boxing match between ben Askren and jake paul oh man sure ufc the <laughs> the whitaker, whitaker with costa man 
the the <laughs> the uh, what was the what, what is the boxing fight? Who, who is this guy? Ben Askren and 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 Jake Paul. Yeah, Ben Askren and Jake Paul. Yeah, Jake Paul. I think he's a good boxer, and uh, the the first one, the Ben Askren. I think that's the. Uh, I think that was not the good, good, good choice to to do this this fight. So we will see. We will see. So you're. We will see. So they're not getting your money. You're watching the UFC fight. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this is not um, makes sense for me. This fight. So so I don't want to to see that. Great stuff right there from the number five ranked 205er on the planet, Yuri Prohashka. Hopefully that fight with Dominic Reyes gets rebooked soon. That's one I've had circled for sure ever since we confirmed that. I think it was back in October, so this one's been kind of brewing for a while. But Yuri thinks maybe the end of March it goes down, and if that's the case, they get it on that UFC 260 car with Miocic and Nganu for the heavyweight title and Volkanovski versus Ortega for the featherweight title. That is a damn good pay-per-view right there. As we get ready to wrap things up on the program this week one more interview to get to which i think you guys will enjoy but i wanted to give a quick reminder that ufc 258 is this week we will have boots on the ground with the great jose youngs in las vegas so we'll have all sorts of different coverage virtual media day on wednesday we will have another live between the links on thursday rematch between the new champion josh gross and steven morocco we'll be back with a live weigh-in show on friday preview show on friday pre-fight show on saturday with all of you right before the event starts then of course the post-fight interviews with the winners post-fight show on to the next one press conference it's just gonna be another crazy week as always and a big thank you to all of you out there who watch and listen to to everything i mean really appreciate it i can't believe we're approaching the we're right around the corner we're getting to the 11-month mark, almost one year since I joined the squad here at MMA Fighting, and uh, I truly believe we're just getting started as a unit. And the kind words, as of late, have not gone unnoticed. It really means a lot, so uh, so thank you for that. Also, big thank you to Casey Lydon on the production, as always, to Jose Youngs, cool Alex Savas on the graphics, the clips, all that fun stuff. I'm a pain in the butt. They probably say that about me all the time. I get it, but they rule you all rule and another big shout out right there to uh to all of you out in viewership land or listening land wherever you're consuming this this podcast this program right now but as always friends have a heck of a week everybody we will leave you with my chat with one of the youngest fighters in the ufc let us welcome in Kay hansen all right let us say hello to Kay hansen first time she has joined the program she returns to action march 20th on the card headlined by Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland, and she will welcome the debuting Cheyenne Bays to the Octagon. Should be a fun one at 115 pounds. Kay, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. It is good to have you here, Kay. Thank you for doing this. First off, I do want to go back to your last fight against Corey McKenna because yeah. it was a super competitive fight, and a lot of people, the vast majority, if we're being honest, thought that you should have gotten the nod in that fight. In the end, all three judges gave it to her, gave her the first two rounds. How would you describe that night and that fight overall? Um, you know, I'm really hard on myself, so I'll be the first to, like, you know, say if I, I believe I lost. I personally thought I won, um, but it's okay. You know, I had a good performance, and I'm where I want to be, um, you know, as far as uh, career-wise, um, no one likes taking L's, but um, it's kind of what happens when you leave it in the hands of the judges, I guess. 
Um, but you know, that experience was great. Um, you know, I thought it was my best performance to date, like, um, you know, in, in and outside of the UFC. So, um, you know, it was only up from there and, um, I'm excited to show uh, how I progress this next fight. Why? I mean, I'm not a fighter. Why, why do you yeah. feel like you won? Because full disclosure, I scored it for yeah. you, but I'm just a lowly old journalist yeah. who has never gotten in a cage and fought anybody. And the three yeah. opinions that mattered all disagreed with me. Why yeah. do you feel like you won? Um, I don't know. I just felt like, um, you know, I did more damage. I think uh, what, like a lot of the people saw was like on the exit, she would hit me with like a punch, you know, so she would kind of finish a lot of the combos, but I feel like when it came to actual damage, um, you know, and, and then like the top control, um, and some people scored some things as a sweep when like I was going where a submission and, you know, like things kind of happen. So, um, you know, like I said, I thought I did enough to win, you know, it was close, you know, but I thought I did enough, but I mean, it's okay. It is what it is. I mean, win or lose, you always take something from these fights. You thought exactly. it was your best performance overall. And, yeah. uh, you know, just like you took things from submitting Jin Yu Fry in yeah. your Octagon debut, you surely took some lessons away from this fight. What were some of those things that you did take away from that fight as you get ready for this next one? You know, um, like I just said, you know, um, a lot of people saw like, during our exchanges, she was kind of the last to throw the punch, you know, even if it was just like a little like, you know, tap or whatever. But I think it's just, you know, um, you know, more head movement, more movement in general, um, you know, little things like that, being smarter with when I have top pressure or top control, like going for things and falling off the top um, and just knowing when to do that stuff and when not to do that stuff. So it's more just, you know, being smarter and having a uh, like higher fight IQ. Um, but I mean, I'll cut myself a little bit of slack cause I'm a little young, but it's okay. Um, you know, I'm learning as I'm going and, um, and where I should be. So. Hey, listen, it wasn't all that bad because not long after that fight, you got yourself a new friend, a new member of the family. I saw a little puppy. I did. Uh, yeah. Rico Hansen. The, what a fluster. Rico. I know. Everyone's obsessed with him. I, I feel like my Instagram is like his Instagram now. Everyone's like, make him one. And I'm like, why? So he could have two. Cause like mine is already his. So. Rico's rocking the shades in a lot of those pictures. I mean, how is uh? He hates them. He hates glasses. <laughs> how has life been as a puppy mom over the last few months? Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie, it's a little harder than I thought it was gonna be. Um, but he's a really good puppy. Um, I bring him to the gym. You know, I'll like tie him to a kettlebell. I recently had to upgrade him from a 25 to a 45 because he's getting a little stronger. But um, I just have to put him on a kettlebell, and he's super cool. He loves people. Everyone loves him. Um, he's pretty quiet as far as, like, when I get to train, you know, I time up, and he's not a problem. Um, so it's kind of cool because he gets to go everywhere with me and do everything with me. So um, it's been fun. Is that your first puppy? It is, yeah. I mean, I've had puppies before, but, like, I've had help from, like, my family, you know. I, like, live on my own now, so it's, like, 100% my responsibility, which – um, you know, it's cool. It is a, a very responsibility for sure, but it would be awesome if you could walk Rico to the octagon before this next fight. I know. Like, I'm, not, I'm not sure if there's rules or not. Jokes about that. Everyone's like, you should walk out with Rico. And I'm like, I wish, but I don't think they'd let me. Is there rules saying you can't? I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, but on the flip side, like, I don't know if I want to like be worried about taking care of him, like on <laughs> fight day, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'll wait. No, don't be there. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> Just go and pee in on Dana's, Dana's chair or something like I that. That'd be awful. <laughs> 
my luck. <laughs> so your first fight of 2021, it is locked and loaded. You're going to fight Cheyenne Bays, make it her debut coming off the contender series. Did you, did you know much about her when the fight was offered to you? Um, yeah, I did. You know, um, a lot of times when, I mean, I know a lot about most of the fighters in my division and the 125, you know, I'm a fight fan on top of, you know, just being aware of who I could fight and who is around me. Um, so, yeah, I knew, I knew of her, you know. Um, I haven't really watched anything recent. I don't like watching, you know, a lot of footage. But I remember back when we were, like, both in Invicta, you know, I thought our paths might cross. Um, and I had a feeling in general, like, um, down the line our paths would cross. So, um, you know, it's not really a surprise to me that I know about her. And I'm sure she knows about me. Um, you know, we are kind of been on the same kind of, like, track on the way up for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really good fight. It's going to be an exciting one. She's been doing this for a while now. And it's funny because I spoke with her like right after she got the contract of the contender series, you both have like very similar paths to where yeah. you are right now. Like both of you dropped out of high school at a young age to yeah. pursue this dream. I think the path to dropping out for her was much different than yours, but yeah. it's certainly, uh, you know, like an interesting coincidence between the two of you. So I am, I'm wondering, since I haven't had the chance to talk to you before, you know, to kind of have the support you had when you made that decision, especially when you had these like Ivy league grades, you're a great softball player. Yeah. Like what were those conversations like with those close to you that you're going to drop all these things to go after this dream of getting punched in the face in a cage with millions of people watching you? You know, honestly, I, I didn't really pay too much attention to the opinions around me, even of like my family. Um, you know, ultimately when I was pretty set on making that decision, you know, I had the support, um, but something about fighting just kind of called my name and I'm pretty stubborn and pretty like, um, like when I want something, I'm going to get it, you know? So, uh, for me, when I made the decision, like, even if, you know, people didn't necessarily agree with it, I was going to do it because something about fighting just kind of called me, you know? Um, and I think so far I've proved to everyone that, um, I made the right choice. So, <laughs> There's, I mean, obviously there's always doubts. There's these like sort of demons within us all that make you question yeah. these big decisions that you make, especially for you at a young age. Was there like, yeah. was there any point in this path where you flat out thought, good Lord, like, I can't believe I did this. This is a terrible choice. Can I, can I just go back and do it over again? No, I don't regret it. And I don't think I ever will. You know, obviously I've had like down points in my career and everyone is going to. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, like, I truly believe this is what I'm meant to do. Um, and I feel like when you, you know, really believe something like that and like, you really feel it, you don't really have that kind of regret. Um, and I don't know, I think maybe like people around me had that thought, you know, but for me, like, this is what I love to do and I'm going to do it no matter what till the wheels fall off. So, um, you know, I, I haven't regretted the decision. Did like your circle of people around you when this decision was made, did you notice it got like smaller along the way? Um, or? Well, I already had kind of a small circle, you know, um, my parents were kind of going through like a split at the time. So I was just living with my dad um, and I wasn't talking to my mom too much. So I really didn't have, you know, I didn't really have too many people in my circle. It's like that I could let influence that decision or I don't know, like, like I said, I feel like I was just so adamant about it and um, I was so set on it immediately from the moment like I, I knew I wanted to do that. I was like, OK, well, that's all I want to do. 
Um, so, I mean, people probably thought I was crazy, you know, like my high school friends probably thought, but I mean, honestly, even once I, once I like dropped out and started fighting, I stopped really talking to people from high school and I kind of like just focused on fighting. I, I just engulfed in it. So like, I didn't really talk to anyone outside of the gym for a while. Like, um, and I was just kind of like head down and work, you know, nothing's really changed. Um, I've rekindled a couple of friendships, you know, but as far as, you know, that I have dreams and I want to accomplish them. And now look at you, you're 21 years old and you're in the freaking UFC. So there you go. You proved some doubters wrong and that's yeah. great. And there's like, there's a lot of fighters who come into the promotion and they just get, they sort of get thrust into these massive spots right away. And yeah. it seems as if like with you, the UFC sees something in you and they're allowing you to sort of grow up in the UFC in a yeah. way. Like you have this dream of becoming world champion, but you know, yeah. did you see yourself getting into the UFC at 20 years old the way that you did, like well before your athletic prime is is even set to begin? You know, I I did, and I think um, you know I've had I've had some bad moments in the octagon or in the cage in general, like back in Invicta. You know, I've had some hard fights, and I've always had you know hard fights. And um, you know, I I thought I was gonna get to the UFC sooner. Honestly, like I had the goals at least to get there sooner. You know. Um, but I, I found that early on in my career, I was so focused on how am I going to get to the UFC, how am I gonna, that I would kind of forget about the fight that was in front of me. Um, you know, so I think before I got to the UFC, like my last three to four fights with Invicta, I kind of realized like you're, you're focused. Like it's good to have long-term goals, but I wasn't hitting my short-term goals, you know? So once I started focusing on that, um, you know, that's when things started really going my way. And then that's when I got the call. Um, so I had goals to get to the UFC sooner, but I mean, that's just not how it was supposed to be, you know? Um, and I wouldn't change it because I've had a lot of, you know, learning moments outside of the UFC that, you know, I think will benefit me now that I am in the UFC. You know, I won't have to learn those lessons here because I've learned them already, you know, and I've made the adjustments and I'll continue to make those adjustments. What were some of those moments that you speak of? Um, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, like I said, like the task at hand and, and one fight at a time. And, um, you know, in Invicta, I had a couple of fights where like I was not doing too well, but I, I, you know, I didn't give up. I kept moving and I, and I found a way to get a finish, you know? Um, and I think just like those lessons of like, you could be losing, you know, three and a half rounds or even more than that. I had a fight against Sharon Jacobson where I was doing, I was literally, every round was probably a 10, eight round. And in the last 10 seconds, I pulled off an arm bar. You know what I mean? So like just those kind of lessons, like, um, you're like, you're literally not out of the fight until you're out of the fight. You know what I mean? Um, so just learning those kind of lessons, you know, and I've been cut a few times and, um, you know, I've, I've been bloodied and I've, you know, been, suplexed and, and everything you know so um you know i am like like new and green but at the same time like i am kind of a vet i feel like i would agree with that and then yeah. cheyenne's coming in she kind of, she's a scrapper. She does like to yeah. talk a little bit, some gamesmanship, if you will. I know she did so yeah. a little bit in the contender series fight, but, uh, you know, it, like, kind of like yourself, she's also growing up with this sport. For sure. Do, do you welcome like the potential trash talk? Like, does that elevate you at all? Are you like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm big on like, I don't like forcing things. Um, I feel like now if I, a lot of the times, like people try to make fighting kind of like a show, um, you know, which is cool when it's organic, you know, if it's like, real beef then it's cool but i'm not gonna force anything you know i don't have anything against cheyenne i don't think she has anything against me we've never really even had an encounter 
Um, so if she tries to like start trash talking for no reason, like I don't see the point in that. You know, I, I try not to feed into like the fake um, trash talk. You know, um, if you want to, you know, run your mouth for no reason, you can run it. But if there's real beef or something, then I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I'm not afraid of a little, you know, banter back and forth. But it just has to be organic. You know, that's the last thing I want to do is be one of those fighters who just like. You know, it's just, like, not real, and it's just not believable. Like, I want everything to be genuine. Have you fought anybody like that that you've had, like, real animosity towards? No, I haven't. Um, I remember Sharon Jacobson kind of, like, got in my face a little bit before one of our face-offs, and I was like, I don't know what that was about, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I haven't had any beef with anyone I've ever fought before. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure it's bound to happen. But, like I said, I just want it to be organic and genuine. So you're back in the octagon, March 20th, K third UFC fight, all within a nine month span. How do you, uh, how do you intend on giving Cheyenne Bays a, a rude welcome to the UFC? You know, I'm just going to go and be me. Um, you know, every camp, um, I'm progressing and I'm getting a lot better. Um, I finally found a camp where I feel like I'm progressing all the time. You know, I, it's easy to get stagnant. Um, when you're not in the right place, you know, and I finally feel like I'm in the right place to where I have people around me that are pushing me and pushing me in places that I necessarily wasn't getting pushed before, you know? Um, so, you know, I'm just going to go out there and be me. And I think that'll, that'll do the trick. Um, you know, every day I'm, I'm getting better and better and I'm excited to showcase that my next fight. So you said that you're, you're a big fight fan. You like to consume these events and all the fights this weekend must've been like a blast for you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't like watching Frankie lose though. Something oh, about man. it just it hurts my heart. And then I'm seeing all these like memes and I'm like, I can't see them, they're so sad. Why why would people make memes about Frankie? I don't know I don't know, especially about Frankie. It's like how can you make like these mean memes about Frankie Edgar? Like he's one of the most likable people in the UFC, you know what I mean? And he's such an OG, like seeing him get knocked out like that was just so sad. That was an incredible knee, though, right? It was. No, I mean, props to Sanhagen. Like, he's amazing, and that knee was amazing, but I just wish it wasn't on Frankie Edgar. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I actually, uh, right before I got on with you, I was speaking with Britton Hart, and oh, okay. he just fought Paige Van Zandt on Friday at yeah. Knucklemania. I know you were tweeting about it before the fight started. Yeah. What did you What did you think of the fight? What did you think of Paige's debut, that transition into the bare-knuckle world? Yeah, you know, um, I was excited to see her transition. You know, I think people forget how young she is. She's only 26, and, I, you know, she's, like, she's been around for a while. Um, you know, a lot of people, like, kind of talk down on her. I don't know. You know, I think she's kind of, like, throwing hate. People like to do that. Um, you know, I thought she did well. You know, it's a whole different ball game when it's, uh, number one, it's bare knuckle, and number two, it's boxing, you know. Um, so it was a whole new world for her. Um, you know, I thought Britton looked good. Um, I thought Paige looked good, too. Um but I don't know. I was expecting a little more out of Paige. But, you know, like I said, it's all so new that um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her progress there. I mean, I will say that girl fight before, like, on, like that fight was, to me, that was crazy. Like, um, you know, I tweeted something about that. And, like, when we said, like, blood, sweat, and tears, like, this is what we mean. And, like, those girls just didn't care. Like, and it was so, it's so cool to see that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I thought Paige did well, you know, and I'm excited to see how – how she gets better, you know, and, uh, you know, she does a good job of kind of, uh, blocking out like that negativity, you know, it can get hard, you know, when people, all they want to do is like throw hate at you and I'm sure she gets it a lot. So, 
Um, you know, it's cool that she's kind of pursuing something she wants to pursue, whether people tell her she shouldn't or not. So um, I'm excited to see where it takes or where it goes for her. Have you had to deal with any of that stuff so young in your career? Like people, I mean, it's MMA, so I'm sure you've gotten some yeah. little little glasses of haterade shoved in your direction from time to time. <laughs> yeah. But have you had to deal with that? And if so, like, how do you sort of handle all of that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like every fighter, you know, kind of has to deal with that. And then, like, being a woman fighter, you deal with that too. Like, um, you know, it's just important to have thick skin, you know, Um you know, a lot of times, like, I, I try not to read a lot of, like, the messages I get, you know, in, like, the little others box, but, like, sometimes I will, and I try to just laugh at them, you know what I mean? Because it's, like, uh, you can hate all you want, and for some reason, people, they love throwing hate, like, you know, in and outside of, like, fight the fighting world. Like, they, people just love throwing hate, and it's, like, it. how can you throw hate when it's, like, you've never done what I've done, you know what I mean? Uh, but for me, I don't know, it's just... You just have to have thick skin, you know, you just can't let it bother you. Um, and I feel like that just comes with life too. Like not even like including fighting. You just have to like be you, like do you be confident in that? And I mean, that's all you have to do because people are going to like find a way to hate on you no matter what. You know what I mean? You could be like, the sky's green and they're going to be like, uh, or the sky's blue and they'd be like, no, it's green. You know what I mean? They're going to find something that they don't like. I just totally butchered that too. But you get the point. Um, you know, people are going to hate on you no matter what. So you might as well just do what you want to do. Did you see um, Did you see Stephen A. Smith's comments? Uh, I did. Uh, I, you know, I, I'll be honest, though. I didn't, like, see everything. So I'm sure something was taken. Like, I just saw the line that was taken out of context. You know what I mean? So I didn't hear everything. But, I mean, he's always walking himself into trouble. <laughs> with. I don't know why they have him doing MMA stuff. Um but, I mean, anyone who's, like, in this day and age, like, anyone who's saying that women don't belong in MMA or, like, it's like, come on, or women don't belong anywhere, it's like, it's 2021, like, I don't, if you, you need to, like, be educated, I don't know. If you've watched any, like, most women fights, like, especially in the UFC, and, like, you tell me that they don't belong there, it's like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me, like, I, I can't comprehend it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to to be fair to him, he didn't really say it quite like that. It was just, yeah. I think it was more like it wasn't. He was just like, listen, I don't want to see women. First of all, it was like, I don't want to see women fight men, which yeah. obviously makes all the sense in the world. Well, that makes sense, yeah, of course. And then and then it turned into, I don't like to see women see, fight. And that's Nyakia. why I haven't said anything about it, like on social media, because I haven't like watched the whole thing or read the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like I just saw that little line that people took out of context. Um, and I mean. I think, I don't know, like, everyone has an opinion, you know what I mean? So if he's like, I just personally don't like seeing women get punched, it's like, that's cool, but, like, we're still going to do it, you know what I mean? Just don't watch them, like, I don't know what to tell you, like, we're going to get punched, like, we're going to still do what we want to do regardless of Stephen A. Smith's comments, so... (laughs) The whole thing was puzzling. Like the, the big issue I had with it, because I actually listened to the entire interview. Okay. He wasn't even asked about MMA. Like really? he was like, yeah. <laughs> See, well, he, he brings like, it upon himself. He always like runs himself into a wall when it comes to MMA. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like he somehow just finds a way to make people not like him in, in the MMA world. I don't. It's like a talent of his. <laughs> the question, yeah, the question was about like women in sports like getting executive roles becoming coaches yeah. and like okay the guy was basically like this is great <laughs> yeah he was like basically like, yeah this is great like what have you made of this He's like, like you know what i want the world to hate me right now i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say something about how women shouldn't fight <laughs> i was like what i just couldn't believe he brought up ma in that in that context it just made no sense to me no it's not surprising honestly <laughs> sadly <laughs> 
But listen, Kay, all you have to do is think about the fact that you're 21 years old. And for me, if I could go back and be 21 again, good God, like what a what a different life I would be living. But uh, listen, to, to, to figure out what you want to do and get there at such a young age, I know you're not where you want to be yet, but you're yeah. still performing on the biggest stage in the world. It's it's pretty sure. damn impressive, Kay. So thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for the time. I'm looking forward to this fight. This is a really good matchup, and uh, I'm wishing you all the best in preparation in the fight itself. Thank you. Nice talking to you. <laughs> As well. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 